0: Welcome to
1: the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast with your host, Steve Abramowitz, editor in chief of the Mill Creek View newspaper. Uh, welcome back to the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast. We are focusing on the volunteer state and our nation today with always an interesting person making a positive change in our community. This time, special guest, Gabrielle Hansen. But first, for more information about the Mill Creek View and the Stable of Podcasts, visit us anywhere you get your podcast at Mill Creek View, Tennessee, Florida and Washington while you're there please subscribe it's totally free to you welcome to our people in news episode where I interview people who are making an impact and are lovers of truth today we are talking with Gabrielle Hansen. Gabrielle Hansen moved to Franklin in 2012 she is the principal broker and owner of Williamson real estate and was instrumental in initiating Tennessee code 62-13-312 B11 that passed state legislature in spring of 2021 allowing Tennessee real estate licensees to be paid as an LLC. She was recently named the best realtor in Middle Tennessee by the Tennessean. Hansen completed the curriculum at the Franklin Citizens Government Academy. She's the former chair of RPAC at the Williamson County Association of Realtors. Served on the National Association of Realtors RPAC participation committee, where she won top honors for Tennessee. Alderman Hansen served as the political coordinator to Jack Johnson with the Tennessee Realtors and is also on the Tennessee Realtors Government Affairs Committee and served with Sister Cities International of Franklin. She's an active member of Grace Church. Her husband, Tom, is in commercial real estate and they reside in West Haven. Alderman Hansen, how are you today?
0: Hi, wonderful, thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure, thanks for uh, coming and sitting down with us. Tell us about Sister Cities International of Franklin
0: sister cities is a wonderful organization it's based on a pairing or twinning of a similar city similar size um, socioeconomic makeup around the country it is a government to government program and the core of it is exchanging economic ideas and exchanging students to do internships and exchange programs around the world and learn about other cultures.
1: That's great, and I guess you attribute it to getting that Tennessee Best of Award. Be-
0: well, we have we have three sister cities. We have County Leash, Ireland, outside of Dublin. We have Carlton Place, Canada, and we have Bodsoden Germany. So it's been oh. fun to have their students here and send our students there um, to their countries and ex- explore their culture.
1: That's great, okay. Well, what have you learned about Franklin from being in real estate for what, 10-ish years?
0: I've learned that most people are not from here. Most people are from other places and they have built a calling to come to Franklin because it checks all boxes.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about those boxes for sure. Um, so your opponent, Ken Moore, sitting mayor, doesn't really want to address the issues. Um, he believes all is well and he has maybe some other folks doing the, the hard work of talking about you. What do you think uh, he's got wrong about you?
0: I think he never took time to get to know me. I think he is not invested in citizens, and I'm one of the citizens, and he just doesn't make that investment. He has his set of friends. He has his structure the way he likes it, and it's been this way a long time, and he has not invested himself.
1: Yeah. And you sat on the council for a good amount of time with him to understand and watch his leadership skills and see him do his job of mayor, which we can get into the nitty gritty if we want to, constitutionally speaking. But let's just talk about uh, his push for masks. Uh, Why was he so adamant about that? Would you ever do such a thing? And, you know, he he threatened to close businesses. You're a pro-business, pro-family gal. What would you have done in his place? the COVID Fortunately,
0: pandemic. Fortunately, I was not on the council, of the BOMA, at that time. But I would have thought in this community, especially with him being a doctor, he would have reacted differently. He was very compliant, very much about following any government edict and guideline that was out there. And he was very much about if you don't make your staff wear the masks, we're going to close you. And that is the complete opposite of what I believe in. I'm kind of a do not comply. And each person has the right to run their business the way they want to. And each person has the right to decide what's best for their own health.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, okay. So uh, tell us about, since you were here for this, they wanna build basically the Taj Mahal on the mm-hmm. current city hall footing, right next to where there's already heavy traffic in Franklin. If you were to win next when you were to win next month what would you do uh, about that
0: I am still on the fence about the location I know that we have been working on this really since 2008 we do need a new City Hall the buildings falling apart it's past its useful life
1: it used to be a shopping center it
0: was it was a, a mini mall but I think we have not done our due diligence, and I don't think we've been transparent enough with the community about the other option because they were so dead set on it being right there under the guise that without the city hall right in the heart of town, our merchants will die. Well, nobody that's in the city hall really goes to our merchants, maybe for lunch. they use the bathroom a lot. The tourists come in. I mean, that's that's bathroom number one in downtown Franklin, true. but whatever would go in its place would also have a nice public restroom. I hope. And I just feel we've been hasty. I feel like the cost is, is probably 30%, 40% more than it should be. It's been an employee-driven design, mm. and that's great because they have to work in it. But I also know they may not be there in 10 years, so we have to build it more like an office building instead of a taj mahal with the grand staircase in the mm-hmm. open area in the middle of the building
1: which would be gorgeous we all love the antebellum in the south but uh, it's expensive and taxpayers have to pay for that and and that leads me to my property tax question a lot of the counties around here are talking about uh, or have from five to thirty percent tax hikes the nashville mayor fight is a little bit about that as well how do you feel about property taxes in franklin
0: i have been watching our numbers very carefully. I'm very fiscally conservative, very frugal, and I'm also very sensitive to inflationary conditions and what's going on in the global economy as well that could affect us. I see a tax increase in our future with an over $100 million city hall. Um, They moved forward with purchase of a multimillion dollar piece of land abruptly And there seemed to be the attitude of, well, we have all this extra tax revenue. It's no big deal. We've got this good bond rating. We'll just get a loan. But to me, we need to use extra revenue to pay down debt. And we need to watch how much we're spending because we've we've seen the numbers almost triple of what our annual expenses are as a city and the per capita to our citizens. And what that ultimately means is a tax increase
1: which used to be called fiscally conservative and the mayor and the rest of the aldermen who got us to this point with the AAA rating and our bonds uh, seem to have forgotten how they got here and now all of a sudden want to spend lavishly. Um, five Stone Church uh, rezoning and part of this, uh, they would have to be kicked out of Franklin. How do you feel about that?
0: Wow, that was right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. And, and real estate, of course, it is my background. And I knew that if they changed their zoning, their loan would be called because they got a loan based on ABC zoning. And if they changed it to XYZ zoning, it changed the property and the church would have lost a significant amount of money or, or equity in their property. Very concerning. It was legal the way they did it, the way the state of Tennessee sets it up. But in all, all honesty, it was very shady. It was wrong. This is a church. Um, They were not disrupting the neighborhood, minor inconvenience, but keep in mind, this is an office residential area, and there is a lot of office and shopping already. Mm -hmm. So we managed to salvage their zoning, and the good news is they have grown exponentially, and now they're moving into a much larger building in Franklin.
1: Ah, fantastic. All right, happily ever after. Um, In D.C., I know it doesn't relate to Little Franklin Mm -hmm. as much, but there is what we call the deep state. There's a lot of administrators who think that their number one job in life is to make everybody's life miserable, and they weren't elected. Let's just put it that way. Uh, here, we we do have a woke ideology um, that is brought down upon our police and our city employees uh, to influence them. You've been there watching this. What do you want to say about that, if anything?
0: I want to say that it's not just my perception that we are are running in a more progressive and woke environment within our staff. When you look at our city website, it says that Franklin is a progressive community. No, we're, we're really not. We're a traditional community. Um, we are advancing, but we are not progressive. The employee survey of over 700 employees who responded had open-ended ability to add words to their questionnaire Number one was teamwork, which is awesome, but number two was progressive, all above woke, dishonest, liberal, egotistical, and other not so great words. So that tells me that from the inside, we've got a lot of really great staff members who are identifying a veering off from traditional values and their concerns. So they're calling that to our attention.
1: Mm-hmm. And teamwork is a syn- synonym for comrade sometimes, yes. right? So and even and that, and we're
0: seeing <laughs> it flow in. In decisions that are coming before BOMA with you know, social justice events, um, pride events, racial terror markers. So it, it is, it is from the inside
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about those too. Um, so I believe voters want to talk about issues, uh, not social media pictures or uh, they, well, yes, pocketbook issues, the things we're talking about right now that affect the city that they love. Um, how do you feel about, the news cycle, let's just say, that's happening right now um, must be offensive to you, trying to focus the campaign on issues.
0: It's, it, I mean, I take it all very seriously, but I'm pretty tough-skinned, so I don't focus on the negative because it's a very small group of very vocal people, and we know who they are, we know who they're associated with, and that's absolutely okay, and they have every right under our First Amendment to express their concerns and their voice and and feel like they're being heard, and that's great. But we do have some very serious issues in front of us as a community, and I really wanna get back to protecting our children, bringing them up in an environment that's age appropriate, that's safe, that they don't have sexually explicit material in front of them, that we're keeping our crime rate low, that we're concerned about our taxes, that we're concerned about how much money we're taking out in bonds, that we are super transparent with the community and that we're focusing on bringing the community into City Hall and really having them participate in the governmental process so that they know their voice is heard.
1: Okay, Um, so everyone who's paying attention or has a TV knows that Phil Williams, NC5, called you. Uh, Your campaign manager uh, did most of the talking, from what I could see. Do you feel harassed by him?
0: No, he's he's doing his job. That's what the media does. That's how they get their ratings. That's
1: how they get their viewership, and ultimately their ad money. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so tell us, among the Chicago leaders selected for the limited ad campaign in 2015, um, I know as a content provider that you can have artwork and click pictures in a can for many, many years before you actually use them. But you moved here in 2013. Um, what, what? Who were those? What was that group you were working with? And what was Actually successful? Was you did right. That's what it I was says in your bio And a
0: national spokesperson, along with, with those ladies mm-hmm. and a couple of ladies that were in there, were not mm-hmm. um, for the limited stores when they were around. Good gig. And each were executive level people, um, top of their game in their industry. And you know, when you go through that kind of process and photo shoots and, and opening up your heart and your ideas in front of each other, you, you form a bond. With these ladies, and it's grown from their friends became our friends, and it's grown. And some have dropped off, and many have moved around the country: Arizona, Atlanta, even Brentwood. Myself in Franklin, and we've kept in touch over the years during COVID, even through Zoom. And our sphere has just has grown. But in this day and age, this 2023, mm-hmm. you can imagine you get a random call from some crazy guy going, "Do you know Gabrielle Hanson? What do you feel about her vote on pride?" because that was the question that they started out with. The first thing a woman does is protect another woman and they go, I don't know what you're talking about. If somebody called me about one of my friends, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about because I protect my girlfriends. Girls protect girls, women protect women. And we've seen each other through highs, through lows. Um, it's, it's been an incredible journey. And in fact, I'm going to see a couple of them this weekend. So nice. for they're out there. You're going <laughs> to meet some of them and you're going to hear the story actually from them, of their reaction when he called them.
1: That's great. Yeah, I like to hear that side of the story too. And there's a because... couple
0: that have not really participated, but they can't say they don't know me because their pictures were on on all kinds of material for the limited with me and they were all in the same
1: rooms. And they're just citizens. They shouldn't be harassed like that, in my opinion. But if they want to come out and say nice things, fine. That's Mm -hmm. good. Um, It reminds me of when I get phone calls maybe five times a day during the election cycles from pollsters, I don't want to answer it. So if I did accidentally, I'm not going to be very nice to them. So who knows how that all went? But you'll you'll be able to tell that story. Um, I met with Jack Johnson. He's our senator from here uh, the other day in Franklin. Uh, What was your involvement with him during 2022 campaign?
0: I didn't have any involved. Uh, was, was in a your liaison. bio, that, yeah, yeah. We, how'd liaison. that go? They appoint a liaison from the Tennessee Realtors mm-hmm. to every single elected official on the state level because we're constantly monitoring political activity, potential bills that could affect our industry. Of course. So, about every two, three months, but especially leading up to session, we check in to see if there's any rumblings of any bills that might affect our industry. Yeah. One in particular was a really crazy bill, it seems so simple, but if you think about it, then you get it, about smoke detectors. And it had to have a very specific, tamper-proof battery. Well, they wanted it for every home, every rental in the entire state of Tennessee, and it had to be compliant. Well, it was promoted by one particular manufacturer that only makes that particular kind of device. Mm. So those are the things we're constantly looking out for to stay in front of to make sure that these legislators who are inundated with bills and, and lobbyists understand that this is not a good bill in that particular interest in instance because it was really just promoting the interests of a manufacturer. And I actually saw it later through a national company that was an iBuyer and their requirement was that the home had one of those tamper-proof, blah blah blah, batteries. So I it "Oh well, they got to them, mm-hmm. and they and they fell for it."
1: Wow! So someone looking out at so the that, fine that's print. What the job was. Got it. Got it. That's great. We need someone, people looking at the fine print, because I don't think those folks in Nashville do that. Okay. And sometimes our staff doesn't either. Uh, does they're not inundated. either. They're They're
0: just inundated.
1: Yeah, thousand something bills per session. You know, it's hard to do in thirty days. Um, okay. So as an alderman at large, representing all Franklin, not just a district. Uh, What did you see uh, from the mayor that you would do different? And what are you hearing from the constituents that they want done different?
0: They want to be heard. And and I've seen it. You you hear about it first, that they don't feel that they have a voice. But then when you have large groups of people show up for meetings and they go from two minutes allowed to speak to 30 seconds or one minute and then they're getting gaveled out. And they can't even express their joy or they can't express the ooh or the yay or the clapping and they're just getting gaveled constantly. It's very disheartening and you start to feel like you have a king and the peasants Mm. and the peasants' voices don't matter. I mean, Mm. it really does feel that way to them and they're shocked, they're disappointed and they're, they're starting to feel a little hopeless.
1: I saw that with my own eyes uh, on the Franklin Pride situation. The place was packed. Every single speaker, or at least 80% of them, were against it. The vote went in favor of it, as we know. Um, But when I got the information on emails and somebody who had said they had eight to one or something of that nature overwhelmingly in favor, those were all form letters from mostly out-of-state folks or bots who didn't even bother to fill in the salutation. Um, Do I have that right? But I will
0: say. Just from my perspective and mm-hmm. as a realtor i know street addresses and most people did put their street address on there i did see a disproportionate number probably, maybe not five to one but a disproportionate number in that particular ward that were leaning in favor of it
1: interesting okay well
0: very telling about that demographic
1: and that demographic bull that mayor gave them what they wanted uh so what are your priorities as mayor
0: First thing is transparency. Open up the books, open up the process. If you're gonna apply for a committee, we're gonna have every resume posted publicly. We're gonna have pictures of the people. We're gonna have the people who apply come in. We're gonna have BOMA interview these people. No more items shrouded in mystery behind the scenes. That is number one and so critical because there is a lot that goes on. There's a lot that we don't know is BOMA and so the public really is in the dark Second thing is to have a monthly town hall where people can come in for some snacks and sodas and ask all the questions they want, no matter how silly they are. And if we can't get them the answer that day, we will get back with them and get them the answer. We really want people to understand how this government works, who's there to serve them in this community and have all their questions answered. Mm -hmm. And the third thing- Before you tell me the third thing,
1: I come from a place where every Tuesday that happens. Does Mm -hmm. that not happen here?
0: Never, never in 200 years never not that well certainly not in the 11 12 years that i know of
1: okay no. and then what was the third thing no, and
0: the third thing is the thing i have discovered as we go through different ordinances and and different votes is we have a municipal code that needs to be worked on our code has been there for decades and it's a very solid good code some things have changed um, for the better Some things are not compliant with our state code. And some things state one thing, but the triggers to activate that do not exist within the code. So we're going to take a deep dive and make sure that gets cleaned up.
1: Okay. Uh, So by all measures in today's politics, you are a traditional values candidate. Forget the social media stuff that we're dealing with right now, but just that your traditional values are pretty clear. Uh, You actually moved the aldermen from two to four against the pride festival let's just go with that one uh with Bev I believe so you work well together um the mayor did break the tie in favor and and it did go on any reminiscence of that sort of era of your values versus the mayor's tie-breaking vote and the event actually happening which thankfully did not lead to any kind of chaos like we saw in other cities around the country with naked dancing in the fountains and all kinds of stuff we would really not want in Franklin but it was about as as PG as you're gonna get from that type of uh, non-traditional values event. Anything you wanna mention about that era of your career as an alderman?
0: It was not surprising to me, his vote. I was hopeful that it would be different, but it wasn't because when I was running for alderman, I went in to introduce myself and meet him, and he was very clear and said laughingly that his wife said that he's the most purple Person she knows and he laughed and he said yes I guess I am the most purple person out there so that did not surprise me that would all. be
1: grimace from McDonald's yeah, but yeah okay. I
0: thought wow I don't know if that's a real compliment but I'm glad you know your leanings um, so I wasn't surprised I, I was sad but in, in some respects I said if this has to happen this is the best way that it will happen and sometimes I feel like the public just has To see the reality that we're living under Mm. in this day and age and although there were not drag queens i do have a recording from fox where robert mcnamara said that he the head of pride said that you can bet your bottom dollar there will be drag next year Mm. and then ultimately we had um, ladies turned away because they had a bible in their purse we had people asked to leave because they were praying and we had joe caccini arrested for wearing a jesus shirt and professing his faith in christ calmly
1: the first amendment was certainly suspended that day yes
0: yes so um joe's trial is november 7th and when elected i am going to do everything in my power to see if i can pardon him and get him out of that there's absolutely no excuse in franklin tennessee why that should happen
1: yeah yeah if the other side was having their freedom of speech day why couldn't everybody have their freedom and wasn't it city property Public event, public space. Yep, yep all, that's even worse. And um, the f- tie-breaking vote didn't really have to happen with one alderman joining in on the four that you were able to muster. What's up with the other four?
0: You know, the Bible talks about the lukewarm man.
1: That's it? Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. it. That's, uh, the Bible has all the answers, it's, it's, I agree. It's a
0: spiritual conviction. I mean, you have to make these decisions knowing constitutional rights and I had spoken with a constitutional attorney so I knew very well what the boundaries were mm-hmm. and it has to be from your moral fiber and from your your religious spiritual and biblical perspective if you know what's right and what's wrong and, and there is no fence traveling
1: that's right and voting accordingly because that's forever the vote is forever the the Pride Day was a day but that's forever and we'll see how next year goes um medium home price in Franklin is a million dollars we talked about property taxes rising all around us like I said four to twenty percent um what would you do to fend that off as mayor I don't know if the powers are even there 143 police officers on this on the they can't live here a million Mm dollars I mean it'd be great if their salaries were were, could do that um and what is your relationship with chief Deborah Faulkner she
0: has a hard job navigating a police force and some of the horrific things that they see and the long-term effects from showing up at a crime scene or an accident scene um, you can never remove those visions from and those experiences from your mind so they have a lot of emotional mental trauma from that and there is a lot of distress in our police department and our fire we had the employee survey and theirs was just rock bottom. Mm. So we know we have issues. We've raised their pay. It's, it's nowhere the living standard for this community. We do have some affordable housing initiatives. And when I say affordable housing, I don't mean subsidized housing. I don't mean Section 8 housing. We're talking $450,000 for purchase homes. Shocking that that is an affordable house in this community and a few that would be priced just below that for um 450 is like a attainable workforce house. Just below that will be an affordable home with great gro- government grants and programs for people to purchase these homes that are qualified with good credit, stable job histories. And typically that will be a lot of our staff members, your school teachers, people who work in our offices, our restaurants, people who are doing everything right, but just can't get that break because our home prices are pushing a million dollars in this community. And it's hard and with the interest rates up higher. So I believe that our city should allocate the extra money, which is probably a couple million dollars, that this housing initiative through several partnerships, the Housing Authority, Hard Bargain, um, Community Housing, and please forgive me if I've forgotten another name, but and they, I think Habitat, they've all come together to build two different developments, about 30 houses, 35 houses each, it's up to us as a city to help support that and we just moved forward on the purchase of a piece of land for preservation and i feel that the money if we're if we're going to preserve we also need to invest in people who are contributing to our community and i'll tell you you sell somebody a home it will change generations Mm -hmm. owning a home is a life changer for someone. Mm -hmm. And these are deed restricted so the next person's going to have to meet the exact same qualifications that they did of income levels so they can sell it to them so it will not be flipped to an investor or flipped to somebody else for a a ton of money. It will always be an affordable and workforce attainable home. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe more competitive salaries for the police officers who want to live in those Uh, homes. The
0: police are big on my heart. Um, I brought Sean Finn back at my own expense from Florida. He was a police officer who contracted COVID and they couldn't treat him in Williamson Medical, so he needed more critical care and they flew him to Florida December of 2021. He was there for about four months and he had recovered enough that he could leave, but he still was frail and weak, so he couldn't take a commercial flight from the Palm Beach area. He couldn't drive that far. So really the only option was a private flight back home and when i heard he needed to get home i rallied some friends i had an air charter and, and we brought him home and and i split the gas with them mm-hmm. and and he came home I and mean, the police are so important and i know that they're not appreciated they need more equipment they need more police officers they're spread thin um, we're seeing more serious crime and i really want to support our police officers and our fire department
1: same thing great Um, So on that note, somewhat, middle eight, I wanna hear your thoughts on that. And uh, I had Alice Rowley on the show. We talked about light rail from Nashville. Oh my gosh, no. Um, I spoke to Brentwood former mayor, Ray Little, and he's not for it. Would you be?
0: Absolutely no public transportation. We have a trolley system that works very well and it costs us about $40 a ride for the $1 that somebody pays. So exponentially multiply that with light rail, We are not, we are a community community that commutes, people are not going to give up their cars and we don't need to spend billions of taxpayer dollars to get light rail that's virtually not used. I absolutely- They do get used by drug addicts and homeless people. Well, it's a different demographic sometimes and, and I'm just against the public transportation, but I did, as I meet with land planners in our community and I see what developments are coming, are all putting in a transportation hub. Mm. And I said, oh, is that for Uber, Lyft, DoorDash? Oh no, it's for public transportation. And I'm like, over oh, my dead body. <laughs> yeah. crime and I really want to support our police officers
1: and our fire department, same thing. Great. Um, so on that note, somewhat, Middle Eight, mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, I had Alice Rowley on the show. We talked about light rail from Nashville. Oh my gosh, no. Um, I spoke to Brentwood former Mayor Ray Little and he's not for it. Would you be
0: absolutely no public transportation? We have a trolley system that works very well and it costs us about forty dollars a ride for the one dollar that somebody pays. So exponentially multiply that with light rail. We are not we are a community we are a community that commutes. People are not gonna give up their cars and we don't need to spend billions of taxpayer dollars to get light rail that's virtually not used. I, I'm absolutely and do get big, used by and yeah, well it's a different demographic sometimes and, and I'm just against the public transportation but I did, as I meet with land planners in our community and I see what developments are coming, they're all putting in a transportation hub. Mm. And i said oh is that for uber lyft doordash oh no it's for public transportation and i'm like over my dead body (laughs) yeah so i know that the mayor has that planned and he's part of a group called cumberland and they're very big on the um disincentivizing of vehicles as they spoke in middle eight and then this public transportation idea and walkability connectivity which is great because if you're a runner you have a stroller the connectivity through sidewalks is wonderful, but public transportation, public transportation is a whole nother beast. Um, Middle Eight, oh boy, you know, it's it's touchy because it was Toby Mac. And I know a lot of people were kind of starstruck. And I, when we first saw the pictures, I'm like, gosh, this is beautiful. It's one of those few places that said, make me want to move. But when I heard the density number, I was like 275 units on this little, postage stamp behind his house which it is zoned for multifamily, but it backs up to historic there's a flood plain right on the edge mm. there's not enough parking and they were not delivering enough parking because the city allowed them to not deliver enough parking and and it's true you can pay a consultant to achieve any result on a form that you want that is a reality i'm in that industry i know how this works other people who've had these same experiences they all know is a master
1: daughter at work, I think we're going to say that. Um, and fled. you fled the state for safety reasons, you were told to do it. Uh, all because guys wanted to wear lady underwear uh, in front of kids at a pride festival. Uh, for what you said about Covenant. Um, my question is, you went on Brian Wilson's show and stood by your source. I thought your source would have come forward to defend you by now, whatever. So did your source disappoint you?
0: because as, as we know, it ended up being very high stakes. And boy, when I made that comment, I forget sometimes the people that I'm around on a weekly basis and that it's not the same norm for, for just anybody, the access that I have, the people that I talk to. And when I spoke, it was out of concern for Franklin, concerned that this could be happening in our community. That was my number one concern. and. I certainly never meant to hurt anyone's feelings or sound insensitive because it was horrific. Lives were lost and, and even worse, lives were permanently affected. People will never forget that, that were there that day. They will all be scarred for life and my heartfelt um, condolences to each of them and I certainly never meant to offend anyone and I think we're all still wondering what really happened. That yeah. awful
1: day. and he or she are invited on my show anytime to, mm-hmm. to come clean on this whole thing. But um, the question actually was about the memorial for the one adult who died tragically that day, that night, and have you ever heard from that family? Is there no, any? never. Yeah. Alright everyone, well election day is October 24th, voter registration deadline September 25th, early voting October 4th through 19th. Don't rely on someone else to vote the way you want them to. Ms. Anzan, an Alderwoman, thank you so much thank for your time. You. Is there any last closing statement you'd like to say to everybody?
0: This is the most pivotal election Franklin has faced since the Battle of Franklin. This is truly a fight for the heart and soul of this community and traditional values. I vow to protect our children with everything that I've got and make this community transparent. And your voice will always count in every decision we make. Please vote October 4th through 19th in early voting or October 24th, Election Day.
1: And how can people find you or donate to your cause or volunteer?
0: GabrielleForMayor.com.
1: All right, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. What
1: do you think?